I hope our hearts are ready for the word tonight. Are we ready? We are not sure. Every time you have the opportunity to listen to the word of God from a child, from an adult, from anybody, please let your heart always be ready for the word. Amen. That is the way you get blessed. You must always have an, a humble heart towards God's word. That is when it is your desire that draws that light and revelation to you. So let's be here, body, soul, and spirit. Amen? I don't want just our bodies here. Amen? Our body, soul, and spirit. So tell your neighbor, make sure your body, soul, and spirit is here tonight. Glory to God. Very quickly, we go straight into God's word. And I'm being led to share something that is very important for us as believers, something that helps our spiritual growth, something that helps us to be strong spiritually, to be stronger spiritually. And many believers have actually put that aside because they don't want to partake of the sufferings of Jesus. Amen. I believe it's one of those things because it's a form of denial, you know, from certain things that are good for our body, that our body loves, you know, and we deny ourselves. So it's part of the sufferings of Jesus. Amen. So many believers want to go the convenient way, you know, and they just don't want to do it. We'll be considering tonight purposeful fasting. Amen. Purposeful fasting. So we're going to be talking about fasting tonight. Amen. When some people hear fasting, they're like, oh, oh so I'm not going to eat again. Oh, Jesus. And some people load up in the night. They load up seriously in preparation for the next day. And throughout the day, they are thinking about food. Their meditation is on food. They are meditating on the kind of food that they are going to devour after the fasting. And they are looking at the time, looking at the time. Once it's the particular time they are set, boom, they start to devour. Amen. So I want to talk more about that today, and the Holy Spirit is going to help us to understand fasting better, so that for those of us that are averse to fasting, we'll begin to love it, and for those of us that fast, and we really don't know the purpose of fasting, and it doesn't benefit us, we'll be able to learn better. The Lord opens our eyes and causes us to have hearing ears and seeing eyes tonight in Jesus' name. Glory to God. So as I believe most of us know, fasting is abstinence from, you know, generally what most people fast um, for is food, abstinence from food. So you abstain from a certain kind of food or drink. You know, some people even abstain from water during their fasting. There are different kinds of fasting, you know. So, but I believe that apart from food, you can abstain from so many other things. And honestly, when you're beginning to get addicted to something, the best thing is to put yourself on a fast. Amen. You call a fast, call yourself, call a meeting with yourself, and you talk to yourself and say, oh, I'm, watch, I'm on social media too much. I'm always, the time I'm going to, I'm supposed to use to pray, the time I'm supposed to use to worship my father, I'm just there on social media. And before you know what's happening, time has gone, and I'm not communicating with my father. And you placed a fast. A two-week fast on social media. Is someone ready to do that? Two-week fast. No WhatsApp, no Instagram, no all those other um, sites, you know. So, but, well, it's just being disciplined and by the help of God. So anything you're getting addicted to, you fast. But generally, people fast from food and they abstain from food. So that's the particular one we'll be concerned 
considering tonight. So you abstain from certain kinds of food or drinks and um, it involves a kind of denial. You deny yourself of something. You, 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 you prevent yourself from enjoying something you would have, you know, naturally or your body would have loved to enjoy. So, and of course, when you fast, you feel hungry. Amen. Yes, it's, it's very fast. You must, you should feel hungry. Otherwise, you're not really fasting, you know, except you've loaded up and you've calculated the thing, you know, and, you know, you are just eating and eating while you're not fasting, you're overeating. You know, that's not the right kind of fasting. So, when you are fasting the way God wants you to, you will be hungry, but you will not meditate on that hunger. Amen. You meditate on other things intentionally. And of course, when you are fasting, you try to conserve your energy. You don't jump around, jump around, you know, and you get easily tired. You conserve that energy that you have. Okay, let's look at some scriptures. In Matthew chapter 6, you know, Jesus taught some basic principles there. So, fasting is one of the basic things every believer should be doing. Jesus taught about prayer. Jesus taught about giving. He also taught about fasting. He also taught about money in that same Matthew chapter 6. So, we can see that all those things are things we need to do and we should do regularly as believers. Let's look at um, verse 16. Let's start from verse 16. It says, Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you fast, that's 17, anoint your head and wash your face. Okay, let's stop here for now. So it doesn't give you an option for fasting. It doesn't say if you fast, amen. I believe all of us are very good English students. It says what? When you fast. That means that it is expected that every believer should fast. Say to yourself, it is expected that I should fast. It is expected that I should fast regularly. Amen. So as a true believer, when you fast, so you should fast. So he's giving us advice on what Jesus himself, you know, is telling us what to do and what not to do when we are fasting. So fasting is not something we should negotiate, you know. It's something you must do as a serious believer. As a believer that wants to have a walk with God and wants to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind, then you must fast regularly. It shouldn't be something that is a burden to you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So just to make that point that we are expected to fast as believers, and in Mark chapter 2, verse 18, Jesus was actually questioned by the disciples of John and also of the Pharisees that were fasting. They were fasting. So but Jesus' disciples were not fasting. You know, they were like, ah, what's happening here? From verse 18, the disciples of John and of the Pharisees were fasting. Then they came and said to him, why do the disciples of John and the Pharisees fast? But your disciples do not fast. And Jesus said to them, can the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. Amen. That, give us a, that gives us a sense of understanding that when Jesus was physically with the disciples, then because they were interacting with Jesus, then they didn't need to fast. So one of the purposes of fasting is what? Interacting with Jesus. 
because he's no more here. The bridegroom is no more here, right? He's now in heaven. So fasting, now is the time to fast because he's not here with us physically. Amen. So one of the things fasting does is that it causes us to interact with Jesus, with the Trinity. We can be intimate with him even though he's not physically with us. Now he's no longer on earth, he's in heaven. So a way to interact with him is by fasting. So this is the, these are the days that Jesus said in that verse 20, these are the days now that we are supposed to fast as believers. Amen. Praise the Lord. So you need to connect the, with Jesus to fast. So back to Matthew chapter 6 verse 16. Other things we need to note when we are fasting. It says that we should not, um, Matthew 6 16, it says that we should not um, be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance. A sad countenance. Everybody that sees you knows that there's some, you know some people when they are hungry, you don't need to ask them. You already know from the way they are looking that this person is hungry. They don't know how to, you know, uh, they just show it, you know. So, when you are fasting, you should not have a sad countenance. That is to say that when, even when you are feeling hungry and you feel like, oh, I'm tired, you must consciously put up a bright appearance so that people would not know that you are fasting as much as possible. So you shouldn't have a sad countenance and you shouldn't appear to men. You shouldn't want men to know that you are fasting. So when they are fasting, they want others so that they will be greeted. Ah, um... You know that they are fasting. They will be. They want others to know they are fasting, so they will do something or not do something that will make other people know that yes, this person is fasting. No. No, it should not appear unto men that you are fasting. That verse sixteen. It says, "For they disfigure their faces, that they may appear to men to be fasting." Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. What is this scripture saying? It means that such a person, such a believer that actually wants other people to know that they are fasting, wants the approval of men. And that is the reward that person will get. Wants the approval of men. So you shouldn't want the approval of men when you are fasting. As much as possible, you don't even want men to know. Especially if it's a private fast. Of course, a corporate fasting like the one we're going to start in church tomorrow, we know you are supposed to be fasting, which is fine. There's a place for that corporate fasting. But even as believers, we now know that regularly, apart from corporate fasting, you should be fasting as a believer. So when you are doing that, as much as possible, you shouldn't let other men know. And verse 17 says what we should do. It says, but when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. That means you should look good, look presentable. Don't let anybody by mere seeing you know that, ah, there's something wrong with this sister. Your countenance, you are looking miserable because you are fasting. Like you are just waiting to break your fast to look better. No, you must look bright. And people don't need to know that you are fasting. You don't need to behave in a way that people will be suspicious and start asking you, ah, there's something, are you fasting? And you're like, yes. And they now start to greet you. Well, no. That is the reward you will get. Approval of men. You are fasting. You know, and they are cheering you up. And fasting doesn't make you more spiritual. No, we look at the things fasting does in our life. So you are not trying to prove a point to someone that, oh, you can fast. You are the ones. Mm -mm. It's supposed to be something between you and your God. Why? Because the reward for, there's a reward for fasting, okay? Verse 18. Let's move to 18. So that you do not appear to men to be fasting. Can you see? So you must not appear to men that you are fasting. As much as possible, men should not be able to deduce that, ah, Today is looking different. There's something wrong. 
with this person. The person is probably fasting. It says, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your father. It is your father you want to appear to that you are fasting. Who is in the secret place? And your father who sees in the secret will reward you openly. That is, there is a reward for fasting. There is a reward for fasting. Your fastings are not in vain. There is a reward for fasting. And it is God that gives that reward. The reward for fasting comes only from God. If a person loves other people to know that they are fasting, then that's the reward they will get, the approval of those people. Then that's the, you've limited your reward, and you're not going to get what the Father is supposed to give you because he did not make it secret. And he says that when he sees you in secret, he does what? He gives you open reward. Amen. He will reward you openly. Can you see that? Is it in your Bible? Are you reading it with me? So there's open reward for fasting. Some things may be happening in your life. You don't even know it's because of your fastings. Yes. When you fast the right way, your fastings make a difference and there's a reward for fasting. So your fasting should be between you and God. You be between you and God. Some believers love food so much. There's nothing wrong in liking food, but the Bible says that let everything be done in words, moderation. So yes, eat. You like a particular meal. Yes, eat it well, you know, and be fine with it. But don't love food to the extent that you cannot fast. And now fasting, they're announcing that there's fasting and you're like, God, what's going to happen now? And you're already, you know, taking it as a burden and you don't even want to fast. You're not, you know, trying to give it a chance. So you must go through fasting. You must fast. Amen. It's compulsory for believers to fast when you fast, not if you fast. So there's an open reward for fasting. When Jesus was tempted by the devil, um, let's read the account in Matthew chapter 4. There are some things we can learn there about fasting. From verse 1, then Jesus was led up, Matthew 4 verse 1, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was what? Hungry. So Jesus was hungry after fasting. So there's no way you can say you're fasting and you're not hungry. You must be hungry now because you are denying yourself of food that your body actually needs. So you must feel it in your body. If you're not feeling the hunger in your body, that means you've overeaten before that fast. Amen. You must feel there. You must be hungry. Jesus was hungry. Of course, this was a very long fast anyway. Let's move down. And he says, now, that when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, Command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Amen. So with fasting come temptations. Amen. When you are fasting, the devil will tempt you. And what is the first thing the devil will tempt you with? Food. Amen. Temptations come with fasting. And the first temptation is food. You have a roommate that is cooking something delicious that day. You better run away from your room if you feel that you can't cope. But you must be able to cope even with that smell. That's the temptation. But you know there's always a way of escape for every temptation. So you don't have to yield. But many believers, they just yield. Man, ah, bros, what are you cooking there? Ah, and you just taste the thing, you know? Because you can't control your appetite. And you are, you are supposed to be fasting. You've missed that reward. That secret and open reward that God was supposed to give you. Amen. So don't break your fast when you are tempted with food. It is normal to be tempted with food when you are fasting. So it's part of the package of the sufferings of Jesus. Amen. So when that temptation comes, 
there's a way of escape. Sometimes you may have to move out of that place so that you can gather yourself together. Whatever it takes, don't break your fast. Amen. I can see that it was the word of God that Jesus used to reply the devil. So, whatever way you are being tempted, and of course, sometimes if you are not doing what you are supposed to do during fasting, if you are not meditating on the things you are supposed to meditate on, then the devil now begins to bring all sorts of thoughts, and you are hungry. You are just thinking of different things, you know. So, we need to also know what we are supposed to be doing when we are fasting. We'll come to that. So, the first temptation is for you to break your fast when it's not yet time. So, don't yield to that temptation. There's a reward. There's a reward for fasting. You are not doing it in vain. And it is only God that gives that reward. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, and we also note that about the time, the time Jesus fasted was when he wanted to go into his full-time ministry. So, when you want to, when you are preparing for a greater level, when you want something greater, you want to start another season. For example, we are preparing for 2023, isn't it? It's a good time to fast. And that's why we are fasting as a church. It's a good time to fast. So if you're actually tired of the face you are, you know, and you don't want to be on that level again, it's a good time to retreat and fast. Like you, norm like you normally not do. Maybe you do one year, two day. You can take a longer fast. That is a good time to fast, as Jesus did. So when you are anticipating something bigger in life, you want to move to your big next level, you want to get ready for the next year, you know, it is a good time to fast. It is a good time to fast. Praise the Lord. So, when you're fasting, there's a heart of humility and submission that needs to go with it. You're not doing it like that proud Pharisee that wanted to pray, but his own prayer was like, I think we need to read that. His own prayer was like a... He, the, the prayer of the Pharisee was that he was always fasting twice a week and all that and there was another um, a sinner that just went to God with a humble heart and it's of course in the sight of God it was the sinner that was that went away with that blessing of God amen so you must have that humble heart of submission with fasting fasting is not to be proud about, oh, I'm fasting. Then deep down, you're now feeling that, yes, I can fast. Some people are not able to fast, but I can fast. You've already nullified any kind of reward that you could get from that fasting. So the state of your heart, a proud heart, when you fast with a proud heart, then that fasting is not acceptable before the Lord. You must come to the Lord with a humble heart. You must be ready to receive from him. And that fasting is showing that you are depending on him. You are putting your flesh down. The primary purpose of fasting is to seek the Lord with a sincere heart. That's the primary purpose of fasting. To seek the Lord with a sincere heart, with a humble heart coming before him. Joel chapter 2, verse 12. Joel 2, verse 12, the Amplified Classic Version. Therefore also now, says the Lord, turn and keep on coming to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, until every hindrance is removed, and the broken fellowship is restored. Verse 13, rend your hearts and not your garments, and return to the Lord, 
your God, for his gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness, and he revokes his sentence of evil when his conditions are met. Now, from this scripture, we can see that the heart is the focus when you're fasting. He says, come to me with all your heart, then add fasting to it. So the Lord wants your heart. He wants a humble heart before him, then he would accept your fasting. And you can see what is written there, that until every hindrance is removed. So there's something fasting does to you. That removes, it is you fasting actually changes and not God. Amen. It is you, the person fasting. You, that believer, you, that child of God, that fasting changes. And it says, and the broken fellowship is restored. Amen. And that's why when you want to discipline someone that has strayed away, fasting is part of it. It helps to put the person's flesh down and the person is able to restore that broken fellowship with God. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be feeling dry spiritually, those kind of feelings. That's the time to fast, to go to God and be able to connect with him. Fasting puts you in that position. You know, and when you meet his conditions, then you get restored. So fasting helps you to draw near to God. It's one way to draw near to God. You are putting yourself in that position to be able to receive from the Lord. It restores broken fellowship with God. Anyone that has strayed and is willing to come back, fasting helps to restore broken fellowship with God. So a misconception that many believers have when they fast, is that they are using that fasting to bribe God. You have a challenge. You now say, I want to fast for that challenge. You are not fasting for that challenge. The only way I can say, okay, you may be fasting for that challenge is maybe to get inspiration and direction about it. Because that's one of the things fasting does, to give you direction. You know, so, but you are not bribing God to change his mind about something. No. Fasting changes you, not God. God is God and your fasting doesn't change him in any way. It is you that needs to be changed. To be able to deepen your spiritual hunger for God and put yourself in that position to draw from it. So when you actually fast, it helps you to pray better. Amen. Fasting helps you to pray better. When you are fasting, fasting helps you to pray better. All right, Ezra chapter 8, verse 23. Let me just read 23. So we fasted and earnestly prayed that our God would take care of us. So when you're fasting, there's a kind of push it gives you to be able to pray better. To be able to pray better. Because you are focused on spiritual things. You're not thinking of, you know, your flesh at that time. You're trying to pull down your flesh. So it gives you that atmosphere to fellowship with God, to hear him speak with you, to tame down your flesh so that your spiritual antenna can go up, so that you can hear God better. That's what fasting does to you. And that, um, let's read about Anna the prophetess. Anna was a prophetess, as at the time Jesus was still a baby. In Luke chapter 2, verse 36. Luke chapter 2, verse 36. Now there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. She was a widow. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years, who did not depart from the temple, but served God with what? Fastings and prayers. The scriptures we've been reading also show that fasting goes with prayers. Fasting, goes, you can't say you're fasting and you're not going to be praying or meditating on God's word. No, fasting goes with prayers. I personally don't like fasting when I won't have time to pray. Or I'm busy with other things. No, you want to fast when you can actually get time out. The time you're supposed to be doing 
to eat or do some other things, you use it to communicate with God. Fasting is not complete without prayer. All right, so it says that it, she didn't depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. Night and day. And verse 38, and coming in that instance, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Yes, that account, you know, started earlier in Luke chapter 2, where Simon, you know, um, had prophesied, was prophesied also when Jesus was brought to the temple for dedication. It was 40 days then, you know. And Anna, she, because she was in the spirit, she had been fasting, so she knew spiritual things. She had spiritual insight. She was able to recognize Jesus when she got there and saw that baby at 40 days. I was able to let everyone know that that is the Messiah, you know, they were talking about. TPT helps us to understand that scripture better. TPT, that verse 38. While Simon was prophesying over Mary and Joseph and the baby, Anna walked up to them and burst forth with a great chorus of praise to God for the child. From that day forward, she told everyone in Jerusalem who was waiting for their redemption that the anticipated Messiah had come. She was able to recognize the Messiah because she had been fasting. She had put herself in the spiritual atmosphere to get things in the spirit. Her antenna was up. Praise the Lord. So it makes when you fast, you are able to receive what is happening in heaven. You are able to be sensitive with ease because your flesh is down. You are in the spirit when you fast. So we can also see that she served the Lord with fasting. So fasting is a way of serving the Lord. She served the Lord and God used her to declare that Jesus was the Messiah that they were waiting for. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So she was able to witness about Jesus because she recognized him as the Messiah because her spiritual discernment was sharpened. She was able to know that that was Jesus. So we must not see fasting as a deprivation or something inconvenient. Oh, we are going to start fasting again. No, it must be something you long for as a believer. Knowing the benefits of fasting. You are excited when it's time to fast. Because you know that something, you are moving to a next level as you fast. So, and when you fast, you must, you know, see it as a time to worship the Lord to excel in worship, to take your worship to another level because you are not, you are focusing on things of the spirit and not things of the flesh. Praise Jesus. Acts chapter 13 verse 2. Acts chapter 13 verse 2. The early church, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit did what? Said, they heard the Lord. Can you see? They heard the voice of the Lord. Now separate to me, Barnabas and Saul for the work I've called to them, I've called them, and then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So when you are fasting, you're actually also ministering to the Lord. You must minister to the Lord. You must worship the Lord when you're fasting. That's how to give that, to fast, you know, purposefully, you know, quality fasting. There must be a form of ministering to the Lord, worshiping Him, and then you hear Him speak to you. That means when you're fasting, you get direction. Amen. You know what to do. So you're not clear about something. You're fasting not because you want to bribe God to do it, because those things are already available for you in heavenly places. But you're fasting to know what to do. You're fasting to know the direction to take. 
And there's, there's, a, there's somebody that is here or listening to my voice, if you are not here. You are a man and you are not sure of the woman God asked for you. And you are ready now. You want to choose that woman, but you don't want to choose in the flesh. As we fast together in the next two weeks, it will be clear to you in Jesus' name. That is what fasting does. You put yourself in that position. Lord, I want to hear. And your antenna is sharper. You can hear what the Spirit is saying. So when you are not sure about what to do, give your, some time out and fast. Praise the Lord. You want to know God's will in any area of your life concerning your business, concerning your marriage. You know, certain things maybe are not working the way you know that God has promised you. Then it's time to fast. And this is a good time to fast because we are preparing for next year. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. One last scripture we'll look at in Mark chapter 9 verse 17. Where the, some, of, some of the disciples of Jesus could not re, um, cast out a mute spirit from a boy. And Jesus went back to where they were and heard the crowd arguing. Let's read it from verse 17. Then one of the crowd answered, when Jesus asked that, oh, why were they arguing? One of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. That means he couldn't talk. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, he foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So imagine that scenario. Amen. Can you imagine it as I'm reading it? Some of us have seen those kind of scenarios before, isn't it? When somebody is foaming in his mouth, he's being rigid and throwing himself about. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. Verse 19. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to, verse 20, then they brought him to him, that's to Jesus. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him. The spirit recognized Jesus. Amen. Immediately the spirit convulsed him and he fell to the ground, wallowed, foaming at the mouth. I mean, if your faith is not strong, seeing those kind of things... You just withdraw that, ah, this thing is too much for me. You know, and um, verse 21, so he asked his father, Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into water to destroy him. So that spirit wanted to kill that boy. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And in verse 23, Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Verse 25. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him. And he became as one dead, so that many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. Hallelujah. Verse 28, and when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but what? Prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. And what is that thing that was that needed prayer and fasting to get out, unbelief. Jesus said, oh, faithless generation, that they had no faith. You know, when you have unbelief, it neutralizes your faith. 
they saw the guy on the floor, he was foaming. He, they were moved by what they were seeing around. The, the guy, the boy, you know, foaming, jerking and all those things and their faith just dropped. They didn't believe again. So for you to, when, when some things are happening in your life or you want to move to a new level of, you know, spirituality and spiritual things, then withdraw yourself and fast. Fast and pray. Remember, fasting comes, always goes together with prayer. It's a waste of time when you fast and you don't pray, no matter how short. So, because you don't need fasting to cast out demons. If demons comes now, or is manifesting, you cast it out. You don't need to specially go and fast. But it's your belief system that must always be up. So you must be able to maintain that belief. Nothing must bring it down. And you get to that level in the place of fasting and prayer. Because unbelief neutralizes faith. The devil brings things to distract you and wants to pull down your faith. But you stand on God's word. Because all things are possible to them that believe. Praise the Lord. So, to keep unbelief far from you as a believer, what do you need to do regularly? You fast and pray. Then you would just, you know, and that's, you know when you have that mindset that all things are possible to you because you believe and you, there's no unbelief inside of you, then you begin to see things happening in your life. Praise the Lord. So as a believer, you must fast. It is part of your destiny to fast. Just as you must pray, you must give. Even as couples, we advise that the only time you should be separated for a while is to do what? Fast and pray. Fast. That shows how important it is. It's something you must do regularly. You don't now say you want to enjoy life and you just forget about fasting. No. You won't get to that height that God wants you to get to as a spiritual being. So you must fast. You must fast. You must fast. The disciples too, Paul, you know, the accounts of when they were describing their sufferings, sufferings in Christ, one of the things they talked about was in fastings too. So they fasted. They fasted regularly. It was part of their life. They deprived themselves to be able to make sure that they were always on top spiritually. Praise the Lord. So you want to be a serious Christian? Then don't be lazy. Lazy Christians don't fast. They always have an excuse or the other not to fast. But without fasting, you can't reach the heights that God wants you to reach. And when you don't fast and, you know, get to know some things, you know, remember you get direction in life, you just remain at that level because you don't even know what to do. Meanwhile, if you had fasted and prayed, you'd have gotten direction for life. So fasting is not a waste of time. It's a good use of time, you know, time well invested when you fast and you pray and you get direction from God and it makes you spiritually sensitive, you know, discerning to know what the will of the Lord is. Praise the Lord. Rise to your feet this evening. Rise to your feet with me this evening. Thank God for his word about fasting. I don't know what level you are, you know, whether you don't even fast at all. Fasting is an issue to you because you like food so much. You don't want anything disturbing you. The grace of God is available for you today and is breaking that, you know, negative desire, that desire not to fast. You know, you just don't want to fast. No, God is strengthening you right now so that you have the grace, the courage to go forward and fast because there are the benefits of fasting, you must get it as a believer. You must receive that grace now and say, Lord, I receive grace to fast and to also fast purposefully, to know, why I'm fa to know why you are fasting, to know that God is the one rewarding you to fast in the right way, to always fast with an humble heart, you know, and always giving time to prayer 
while fasting. That grace is available for you here tonight. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, because you help us. We know your will concerning fasting, what you want us to do. And we choose to yield to that which you have us to do. Oh, thank you for your grace available for your children, Lord. We are obedient children. Just as Jesus did, we choose to fast. And we are strengthened, Lord. Thank you, Father. Lord, we give you praise. Thank you for your abundance of grace to help us to do the needful whenever you want us to. Thank you for your grace is abundant unto us. Everyone receives strength and grace to fast whenever there's a call to do so. Whenever there's a need to do so. Father, we give you praise. Thank you for direction. Thank you for your help that is available to us. Thank you for strength, oh God. Thank you for your word, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have given thanks. Amen. Let's take our seats.